Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 797 of the Juice Box Podcast. On today's show, I'm going to be speaking with Paola. She is the mother of a girl who's been on the podcast before. As a matter of fact, her daughter and her friends, who all have type 1 diabetes, were on together. If you remember that episode, this is going to be the mom of one of those girls. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Join the registry, fill out the survey, help people living with type 1 diabetes, help yourself, Move diabetes research forward without getting off your sofa. There's so much you can do in just the 10 minutes it will take you to complete that survey. T1DExchange.org forward slash juicebox. If you're looking for the Diabetes Pro Tip series, the Defining Diabetes series, Bold Beginnings, or any of the series within the podcast, they are now listed at the top of juiceboxpodcast.com. Just go to your browser and they're all right up there. If you're on a phone, hit the little menu icon and then you'll see the list. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. You don't want an insulin pump, but you want some of that good functionality that an insulin pump has? You're looking for the InPen. InPenToday.com. Today's podcast is also sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitoring System. You want to see your blood sugars in real time? Watch this. I'm going to turn my head. I now know Arden's blood sugar. I just looked at my phone. That was how quick I did it. 103 and stable. What do you think of that? You can do that too. Arden's not even here. Actually, Arden's not in the state right now. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Okay. My name is Paola and I live in the Cayman Islands. My daughter is Amaya. She's 18 years old and she's our type one diabetic daughter. Okay. Was, was Maya on the show before? Yes. As a matter of fact, she was, she spoke to you maybe a year ago. She was with her other type one diabetic friends on mm-hmm. the island and they interviewed with you. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's, I, I still have such a fond memory of talking to those girls. It was, uh, that episode was so much fun. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. So, um, and you guys are the reason I am the number one podcast on the Cayman Islands. <laughs> so I thank you very much. <laughs> It's our pleasure. <laughs> also, if five other people would start listening to one podcast, I think it would knock me off. But <laughs> it's not a huge population. Um, no, it's a very small population. As a matter of fact, um, I have shared it with a few other diabetic um, kids as well as adults. But I'm not 100% sure whether they've been listening as well. So I wouldn't be able to tell you. No, that's okay. I just know that when I look at my stats, I am always crushing the Cayman Islands. So I'm very excited. Uh, wow, that's awesome. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, are, you guys are moving the needle over there for sure. Well, um, what, what made you want to be on today? Well, for one, I wanted to share uh, Maya's diagnosis, uh, her story, and also as a teacher, I wanted to share a few tips that teachers can do if they do have a type 1 diabetic student in their classroom. Okay, cool. Well, first, let me see if I can figure out what episode 
the girls were on so that. Sure. You remember what it was called? Um, uh, best of, no, I wouldn't. I can text the Maya and ask her. And I'm sure. No, she no, no, no. It'll be more fun to see if we can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was around the 400s, 420s, maybe, if I'm not, if I'm recalling correctly. Oh, okay. Look at you. You know the number. Let's see. I, I could be wrong, though. Well, that's okay. Or in the. Let's find out if you're right. No, it's not, <laughs> it's it. not 420. Nice try. No. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll figure it out as we go. Um, okay. So, Maya's how old when she's diagnosed? Maya was seven years old. She was diagnosed on May 8, um, 2011, in first grade. In first grade. Were you guys living where you are now at the time? No, we were actually living in Ecuador. So um, prior to her diagnosis, Amaya did in fact lose quite a bit of weight, but I didn't see any of the signs. I mean, all I knew was that she's always been a very active child and she was running around and doing all sorts of sports and um, I didn't pay attention to the weight. I feel horrible about it because I didn't really pay attention to it until it got really, really bad. And then um, because we had a long weekend, the pediatric, our, our physician told us that we, we could run a blood test. We got the results, but there was nothing, nothing out of the ordinary, I guess, and what, what he saw. So called them again and, and asked them, there's something really definitely wrong. Cause Amaya was super lethargic. She was laying on the couch and it was very hard for, for her to stay up, to stay awake. And, and that was normally not our child. I mean, she was always active playing with our dogs and things. And so we thought this was really weird. So we quickly ran another set of um, blood work. And as soon as we found out that, um, our physician called us and told us, you have to come right away to the, to the hospital because Amaya is about to go into, into a coma. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> yes. Wow, wow. She was extremely high, very lethargic. Her head was falling down completely. She could not hold her head correctly. Mm -hmm. Her arms just went down. It was, it was really scary. So when we got to the hospital, um, we had lots of physicians, nurses poking her, testing this and that and it was it, nobody was giving us any answers all we knew was what they were doing mm -hmm. and it was very hard for us um as parents and finally a few minutes later um the pediatrician came out and told us well uh amaya has type one and we were just shocked wow wow that's crazy um, you said that you felt like you ignored things, but what specifically did you see that now, you know, in retrospect was a sign? Well, yes. Uh, I'm glad you asked me that. So now I know, for example, the constant weight loss, the thirst, um, going to the restroom at odd hours, but we have always been a family that drinks a lot of water. So to us, it didn't really become strange that she was more thirsty mm -hmm. than before. You know, it just wasn't strange to us. And so when I learn about all the symptoms prior to that lead to the diagnosis, then I was just, oh, my goodness, I should have paid attention to this. Yeah. But well, how, obviously, you don't 
you don't know that because you're just not informed on, about yeah, this. Yeah, very little way to know. I mean, how much weight do you think she lost? Um, she was, she must have lost about 20 pounds or so. Wow. It's she was so thin, Scott, you could see her ribs. And of course, I didn't notice this particularly because she was seven years old and she got dressed by herself. She mm-hmm. showered by herself. She ate all her her meals. So there was no way for us to really notice anything other than the 24 hours prior to her diagnosis, maybe even 36 hours yeah. prior. That's why, That's how it happened to us, too. I mean, Arden was clearly in hindsight had lost weight and, you know, all the other stuff, everything. But until it became emergent, like to the point where you're like, something's really, really wrong. Um, I, I couldn't, I mean, I, I didn't put any of the pieces together. I also think <clears throat> that looking back on it uh, um, as the person I am now is not helpful because back then nobody in my family had ever been sick. I didn't like, you know what I mean? Like we were living that mm-hmm. life. You get up, you do your thing, you come home, you go to bed, you do it again. Like, you know, no one was ever, there was no illnesses to to think about in that moment. Uh, now, of course, like now I'm like a, I'm like a radar detector. You, you, you know, something changes. I'm like, what's going on? What, what, what was the last time you went to the bathroom? <laughs> you know, like, exactly. You know, what happened exactly. here? And I pay it, yes. And I also pay attention to those types of um symptoms or signals and my students mm-hmm. so i'm super aware <laughs> of yeah, what's no. going on no I, i'm sure the kids are completely annoyed by it right but i do ask questions like how long was your period <laughs> and, oh yes. yeah yeah how'd yes. this go when's the last time you uh went to the bathroom when's the last time you did this have you been eating okay how do you feel like the last thing i said to my son this weekend was how do you feel and he was like, what? I'm like, do you need anything before we go? Like, th- all I was really saying was like, I was trying to signal him, like, think about yourself for a second, you know, mm-hmm. because you're busy and you're at college and you're playing sports and you're doing a lot. Like, stop for five seconds and think about your health. Has it been okay? And he's like, no, no, I'm good. And I was like, okay. But th- that's all I was really doing at that point. was just trying to get him yeah. to think about it. Back then, I didn't know what the hell was going on. So back then, oh. I just thought I was going to work and make some money and buy a house one day and the kids would get married and I'd retire. Like that's how I thought my whole life was going to go. Instead, uh, this hell happened. So anyway, uh, so right. so there she is in the hospital. Um, how is the healthcare in Ecuador? Was it okay? Were they able to help her? Uh, well, that's a good question. So we were uh, provided and connected with an endocrinologist who's not necessarily a children's endocrinologist mm-hmm. or a pediatric. But he was the number one in, in Ecuador, in the country. And so everyone spoke very highly about him. So he came over. Amaya was, um, was given her insulin through an IV. Uh, her meals came in. And um, she started to gain a little bit more of her color in her skin, a little bit more attentive, and so forth. And then came all of our training. So this physician would sit with me and would draw these, I'm not kidding you, he would draw these mountains and hills and in it put formulas. And he would tell me, this is what you're going to do at this time. You're going to divide it and multiply it by this at this time. Remember that this formula only works from this time to this time and so forth. And so Amaya was actually at the hospital for 10 days because her 
her body wasn't reacting positively to the to the insulin. And so they kept us there for a little longer. And then by the time we were ready to go, um, I I had more than 20 pieces of paper with different formulas and hills and mountains that I needed to be able to multiply and add and, and divide. And, and all of this was so confusing at first. Mm. So confusing. That's the, and, um, yeah, I, the math is the first thing that made me cry. Well, after the realization, the next thing that made me cry was the math actually. So, yes. And I'm not a very good mathematician either. So I thought, how am I going to figure this out? I mean, this is so complex, Mm -hmm. but, um, so we were with this physician for about a year and a half or so. Um, and then we had, um, an accident took place in our family. And so we, I tried to get a hold of him because Amaya was, her numbers were really high and I could not bring them down regardless of how much insulin I was, I was giving her. We were using Lentis and Apidra back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not have the Dexcom because that technology didn't exist in yeah. Ecuador in, when, when she was diagnosed. And so we, we went home with Lentis and Apidra. Um, it had to be administered at set times. So um, we had to go and train, um, not necessarily train, but inform the school. The nurse at the school wasn't very comfortable in giving Amaya her shots, even though she's a nurse. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, um, You said something a second ago I'm confused by or I'm not following the thread on. You said there was an accident in the family? Yes. So um, my sister passed away in a terrible accident. Okay. And and did that have impact on on Maya's care? Is that what you were getting at? Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. So, yeah. Uh, So we had this accident and um, my sister passed away. And we were trying to get a hold of the the physician, the endocrinologist, but we couldn't. And so when I finally got a hold of them, I asked them, look, these have been her numbers these days. And I have done everything that you've told me and I have not been able to bring her blood sugars down. Mm. And so what do I do now? And he just told me, he just brushed me off saying things like, don't worry about it. Um, let her numbers run high. This is a, a hard time in your family. Don't worry about it. Just keep on giving her insulin. Make her make um, make your meals the way I've told you, and nothing more. And mm. when I got home, I thought this can't be right. There must be something that we're doing wrong. Right. Because her numbers were so high, she was constantly above two fifty, rarely below one eighty. And the more that I read online about the different things that I could be doing as a mother, when you have a type one, I would share that information with a physician and he would just brush me off saying, oh, no, that's the way they do it in the U.S. We do it here differently. Don't worry about that. Just keep on doing what you're doing here. Isn't that interesting? So he had one idea of how to do this. And no other interest in looking into it beyond that. Nothing. Right. Nothing. No other interest. Yeah. And so after that position, I thought we can't continue with it. 
So immediately I started looking for another, another endocrinologist. We found another person who works uh, closely with a nutritionist and we thought, oh, this would be great because finally somebody else will be able to guide us with carb count and a proper balanced meals and so forth. And so we thought, okay, let's go with him. Mm -hmm. We lasted with this doctor for about eight months because every time that I went with Amaya to have her checkups, he was so rude, so um, so rude in his way of treating me. Why, why don't you understand this? Can't you just figure out you're multiplying? You must be dividing and doing something wrong. How can her numbers continue being so high? And so I felt very threatened by his way of talking to me that mm -hmm. I thought I can't continue like this because it's not healthy for me. And therefore, I cannot help my daughter when you, either. When you look back on that, do you see a situation where he was covering for his lack of knowledge? Or do you? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Absolutely. He knew nothing. He, he was basically giving us the same guidance that the first endocrinologist gave us, but then adding a twist, which was the nutrition factor. So he would say make sure that she's got these items at certain meals so that um, you have a better balance of, of your food. Mm -hmm. And we thought we were doing okay, but every time we went to him, it my stomach would be in the knots. I would get so nervous and it wasn't healthy. Yeah. No, I understand. Oh, and, and you weren't going to get anywhere either. Plus it makes you crazy because you see a problem and you know, there has to be a fix to it. And then the person who's in charge is telling you, no, this is fine. You know, it, it, this is okay. Or you're doing it wrong. One or the other. It, and Yes. Yes. Yeah. And constantly the blame was on me. So I was doing something wrong. It wasn't Amaya. He never checked on Amaya. Mm -hmm. Never. So it was always me. I was the one that was doing something wrong. I was making mistakes here and there. And so I felt I could not continue with him either. And so we were lucky enough to find another endocrinologist. Um, and she was very interested in the background knowledge that we had with numbers and the nutrition. And she, so she made a few twists to Amaya's uh, doses of both Lentas and Epidra. And numbers started to get a little bit better. And we thought, okay, this is great. You know, so... We're yeah. on a better track right now. We thought, oh, this is fabulous. In in those days, and, and as the years went by, Amaya went through all her elementary years. So she finished school. She had great teachers. Um, her second grade teacher was fantastic. And so she was she had our phone numbers on the classroom phone right above it on a post-it. She tried to help Amaya as much as she could with with making sure that she was testing, that she drank water, that um, she was eating what she was supposed to be eating. And so she had a lot of, she gave Amaya a sense of security, which was very important as she was coming new with, with diabetes yeah. into a school, into a school that had never had a type one diabetic student. Hmm. Wow. That's lucky, right? To find somebody that that's willing to get involved and 
and to understand what was your level of understanding at that point as you're as you're sending her into school and you're having these problems with the doctors and not sure like what's her health like at that moment are you still looking at 250 blood sugars and you wondering what's going wrong or had you had you made a leap yet to I'll figure this out on my own well i'm i'm glad you asked me this because prior to while we were with our first two doctors everything i heard from them was oh you can't continue doing it you you have to follow these rules and make sure that amaya takes in her insulin at these set times and she's got to eat this amount at this time with this amount of insulin. So it was very rigid. And so that didn't allow us a lot of flexibility. And when we went to our third physician, she twisted. Ooh. Allow Amaya to have more flexibility. She doesn't need to take her insulin at this time. If she's not hungry, she does not need to eat. You know, so it, it gave us a little bit. It broke away from the... From the constraint that we had before. And besides that, I was reading, I was researching about the technology that existed in the U.S. And I thought, how come we don't have this here? And I would question them. Yeah, let me ask you a question. Did anyone in the beginning tell you you were doing sliding scale? They ever used those words? That I was doing what? Using a sliding scale. Sometimes when I step on a scale, I wish it would slide away from me, but that's a different story. How would you like to use the InPen from Medtronic Diabetes? You might be saying to me, Scott, what the heck is that? Just an insulin pen? Oh, no, no, no. It's not just an insulin pen. I think you and I need to visit InPenToday.com together to learn more. I've clicked on it already. Have you? No, you haven't. You're on your phone, probably. But I'm here, so don't worry. InPenToday.com. This is where you're going to learn about, what is this thing asking me to do? Do I want to take a survey? Not right now, I'm making a podcast. Hold on, we'll do that later. Here's what you get with the in-pen. You get the pen, which is terrific. It's a pen. And then you get an app that connects to the pen. Now you see what's happening, because that app is going to show you your current glucose. You can see your current level after pairing your continuous glucose monitor. Oh, oh, okay. What else? Meal history. Dosing history. Activity log. That's right. You can see a list of the recent actions, including doses, meals, and glucose readings in the activity log. How about if you push that reports button? Reports can be generated for up to 90 days of data. It'll, And the impen is going to show you your glucose history, your active insulin remaining, and a dosing calculator. I don't think you need to know anything else. If you don't want to pump, I mean, you have to look at the impen. That's just my opinion, but... I think you might agree once you go to inpentoday.com. When you're ready to try it, fill out the form and you get going. There's videos there to learn about the inpen, testimonials from users. You can find out about their 24-hour technical support, their hands-on product training, online educational resources, and learn about this offer that says you may pay as little as $35 for the inpen. Offer is available to people with commercial insurance. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth you heading over to inpentoday.com to find out more. InPen requires a prescription and settings from your healthcare provider. You must use proper settings and follow the instructions as directed, or you could experience high or low glucose levels. For more safety information, once again, InPenToday.com. Dexcom is going to give you the power to manage your diabetes with confidence. Make better diabetes decisions 
in the moment with the Dexcom G6. At the beginning of the episode, I told you that my daughter's blood sugar was 103, I think. I'm looking now, it's 109. It's drifting up slightly. I'm able to watch that with my phone. You can too, Android or iPhone. Arden has her phone with her. It's feeding the information into the cloud, and then it drifts back down onto my phone. I don't think that's technically how it happens, but the cloud is how it works. And you can see speed, direction, and number. That's amazing. Actually, up to 10 people can follow a Dexcom user. Anyone you want. That could be a teacher. It could be, uh, I guess you could be your priest. It could be really anybody. I don't know who you're wanting to do it, but I mean, probably easier if it's your mom or your dad or your husband or your wife or something, but you know what I'm saying. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. See the speed, direction, and number of your blood sugar in real time on your phone or on a Dexcom receiver. You have no idea how valuable it is. It's everything. Every decision we make, every carb we cover or don't, every time we use insulin, we first look at what the Dexcom is telling us about what's happening with Arden's blood sugar. You will love it. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Do not delay. You may be eligible for a free 10-day supply of the Dexcom G6. Go to my link to find out more. Did they ever use those words like you shoot this amount of insulin and she has to eat this many carbs? They didn't those say words. it in, but okay. I'm assuming, yes, they did. They, okay. In Spanish, it's, it's, it, it's called something else, but yes, it the, is the same thing. The idea is there. Okay. So, um, yeah. so did you, so oh, it's so interesting because you're being told one thing and then you're online and you're like, mm, seems like people do it a different way. And so, so you get to this new doctor and they're basically are telling you now count carbs, use insulin for carbs. Correct. Okay, great. How long was that since her diagnosis? Um, it was probably in my first, um, four or five years. Wow. So four, first four or five years, you're doing sliding scale and then maybe 2016, you start counting carbs. Correct. Okay. And so, uh, just to give you another idea of how bad our situation was with her man, with our management was, uh, Amaya's A1C was always above nine. Oh, I wow. could not bring it down. Was that because I didn't have the tools? Can you talk a little bit about how that made you feel personally? I I was heartbroken because the more I read about the care that you should have, the more that I wanted to make amends to what we were doing with with our daughter, and I had no support by the doctors. And so, whatever, whenever I went to them and I said. Hey, I read this article. I would even print it out for them. Look at this. Can I do this? And they would be like, no, 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 Paola. This is the way we do things. Ignore that. Um, that's the way they do it in the U.S. Hmm. I don't pay attention to those things. That sucks. That really does. Well, okay, but you got away from it. How did you? And so the new doctor helped you move away from it? A little bit, yes. So she made a few changes, but this is the best part. Amaya, we're in fifth grade, and because we, we, um, well, my husband and I both work at American International Schools, mm -hmm. and Amaya is, is 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 a student in in those schools. 
um, we had a, a family who came from Canada and they, their youngest child was a type one and their middle child became Amaya's best friend in grade five. So their friendship led to us becoming very close to this family and learning from them. So it was my first time seeing a Dexcom. It was my first time seeing um, the different types of, of snacks that you could have for in, in case you're low. It was our first exposure to to making corrections when you saw certain numbers. Mm -hmm. It was the first time that we heard about pre-bolusing. We had not heard about it before. Okay. Um, so it was, there was a lot of new things. And so we, this family was amazing to us and they, they shared even um, the friends for life conference in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And so we, we thought, okay, we're going to go. And so the two families, we left together from Quito and we arrived to Florida and we were in the conference together. And oh gosh, it was just like, I cannot believe I am listening to all of these things that I have been wanting to do, but I have been unable to do it because the physicians wouldn't allow us to make those changes. Would you, you, know? would you ever, um, would you have ever considered just going against the physician or do you, do you think that's not something you would have been capable of doing? I don't think my first years I would have been capable to do it. I would have been very hesitant just because I feared that I was playing with the insulin. I wasn't a hundred percent sure that I could make those changes on my own. Sure. And so I was very hesitant. No, no, I understand. I just, I want people to hear that, that it's, that even in the face of, I mean, your own common sense or your own ability to look into more information and say, I don't think this is right, or at least I think we could be doing this differently um, and maybe be having some better outcomes. And I mean, my goodness, like there certainly was room for better outcomes. What did you say your A1C was that whole time? Eights? It was in the nines. nines. In the nines. Yeah. Late, late eights, nines, tens. Um, I believe we even got to an 11 at some point. So this is how we do it in Ecuador um, is is nines and we're okay with it. And, 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 yes. and that person would have, I'm a little angry. That person would have <laughs> just let your daughter live like that her whole life until she was probably in her late twenties when she started having some sort of side effects from high blood sugars. And then they would have said, Most well, likely. this is what it, this is just diabetes. It's, it's just, you know, that's it. Wow, that's, that's it. terrible. Absolutely. So meeting yeah. so meeting this other family really was the watershed moment for you. And hearing them say oh things. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're still in connection with them. Um, both Amaya and uh, their daughter have gotten together. They're constantly chatting with each other. Um, and so our connection with them is very, is very strong. It's, they've been wonderful to us. And because we were able to go to the Friends for Life conference, both my husband and I attended to different workshops. And in one of those workshops, we learned about Dexcom. And we were dumbfounded by this. Oh, my gosh. 
what is this thing? And so we attended the whole workshop. Then we asked um, a few families, what would be the most important tool? If you were able to get one of these tools, whether it's the pump or the Dexcom, which would be your first? Yeah. And everyone said the Dexcom. Everyone said the Dexcom. I understand. Yeah. I mean, being, so, able, being yeah. able to see it is it's just the best part, right? Like, I, I mean, honestly, after you see it, then you then you want to pump immediately. Then you're like, oh, okay, well, now I know what to do. Um, you know, but first step, seeing things go on, understanding them better, uh, seeing what you can do with the insulin makes such a big difference. It's just, uh, it is, I hate to say a game changer, but it really is. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So we looked into it, we called our insurance, we found out we were not going to get coverage for um, the Dexcom, but we thought, you know what? Her, her health is far more important right now. And as teachers, we made the huge sacrifice. So mm -hmm. we bought six months supplies of Dexcom when we were in Orlando and took them with us to Quito. And we also bought, I had not heard of these, um, the glucose tablets. Okay. What were you doing? We what, how did you manage low blood sugars? Um, well, this is this is the other crazy stuff. In Ecuador, the physicians, both physicians told us, just give Amaya a little bit of soda if she's low. And we are a family that we do not drink soda mm -hmm. at all. Just give her some orange juice. And so what we did was I would give her a little bit of um, fruit juice, any kind of fruit juice, and that would bring her up again. Hmm. Okay. Well, but it wasn't glucose tablets or anything like right, that. Yeah, you so, just didn't have anything that was handy that she could carry with her and and things like that. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. So we we arrived with the Dexcom with with our glucose tablets, and right after um, we went to see the endocrinologist, and we were so excited to show her the tools and provide her with some of the information. That way, she may also guide other other patients with it as well. And we showed her the glucose tablets and all of this. And she just sat there. Oh, Scott, it was so horrible. She just sat there, let me talk about all of these things and said, Paola, we don't manage diabetes that way in Ecuador. Still, still, that's the answer. Okay. Yeah. That right. was her answer. Hmm. Well, that was her answer. So when, is that about when you were done? Were you just like, huh? Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We waited. We waited until she... Um, until we had another blood work, I believe. We waited about six more months. Mm -hmm. We saw her twice after that last time, and that was it. Yeah. Because in the U.S., in order for you to get Dexcom, you need a pediatrician's, um, what do you call it? Um, the prescription from a pediatrician, an endocrinologist um, pediatrician that can give you the prescription for it. Mm -hmm. So we were able at the Friends for Life conference meet several pediatricians and we found this amazing doctor and she Im immediately examined Amaya. She did some blood work for her and immediately right after she gave us the, the prescription and we were order we were able to purchase Dexcom. Wow. That's great. Because that really she did it for us. Maybe because somebody helped you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with, with this doctor, we stayed until we came, well, we, we've been with her ever since. Yeah, I imagine. So that means that we have had to travel to the U.S. 
um, and get Amaya to see her endocrinologist in, in Orlando, get blood work. We take us, we do as much as we can with blood work in Ecuador, but then we would take the results and whatever other checkups that she needed to have done, we would do those in the U.S. So just to kind of back up for a second, you and your husband are both teachers. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. And so you just, where are you from originally? I'm from Ecuador. You are originally from Ecuador. Okay. And your husband as well? No, my husband's from Venezuela. Okay. Did you meet him because he came to Ecuador to teach? No, I actually met him in St. Michael's College in Vermont. Of course, in Vermont. And so (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know how you feel about Vermont. (laughs) I'm just saying where all the Ortizes meet in Vermont. Yeah. yeah, um, (laughs) So common. So, okay. So you were in school in Vermont. He was from Venezuela. You were from Ecuador. You met there. Um, You guys obviously got together. He came with you instead. You know, did you ever consider going to Venezuela? Um, no. Uh huh. Girls always win those conversations. Okay, so he came <laughs> came to your house basically, uh, but you don't. Where have you lived since Ecuador? Uh well, I was born in Ecuador, but I grew up in in Boston, mm-hmm. and then I finished my elementary and middle school in Vienna, okay. Austria, right. And then I graduated, I finished high school in Pennsylvania and did college in Pennsylvania and then went to Vermont and then Ecuador and now Cayman Islands. Well, We're- in between, we've done Costa Rica, Colombia, Ecuador, um, Cayman Islands now. Do you just go where the jobs are, where the teaching jobs are, or do you pick places you'd like to work and or like to live and then find work? Um, it's where the jobs are and the experiences. Um, it also has to do with, uh, how much we're going to get paid. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but but then how, how did this happen to you when you were a child? Were your parents doing something similar? No, my dad was, um, secretary general of OPEC. Oh, Um, well, that'll move you around. So, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so my dad was a diplomat for a good number of years. And so that allowed my sister and I to go through several international schools. And that's why I love that type of life. I have yeah. friends from different parts of the world. And so when the time came for us to choose a school for Amaya, I thought she has to enroll. We have to enroll her in an international school because they're so great. Wow, that's really cool. So I, I now remember um, teasing Maya about what her dad did for a living because she was talking about how she was in Ecuador, but now she was here. And it was from like a perspective of a younger person. And I said to oh, her, if I'm remembering right, I said, uh, Maya, are you sure your parents are teachers? What if they're like international gun runners or something like that? <laughs> and uh, and she's yeah. like, she goes, they're not. And I said, how do you know? And I, I just so enjoyed the pause after I said, how do you know where I know her brain was like, maybe they are lying to me. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> um, it's just, it's such an interesting life to be able to move around like that and, and very, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent actually. Um, it is, it is. We're hoping to move in about two more years after we've been here for five years in Cayman Islands and travel elsewhere just because it's your best way to get a real feel of living in a country, taking in their culture, their traditions, the music, the food. And learning as you're working. So mm-hmm. we love it. So you think in sort of after the girl, after Maya's done 
ready for college, then you guys might move somewhere else? Yes. Well, Amaya, coincidentally, Scott, Amaya is in the U.S. right now because she's visiting the college that she has accepted. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. That's exciting. I'm sorry? That's exciting. I just did this with Arden. Uh, Kelly and I just took Arden to uh, a number of schools, and she chose one, and we spent a few days and and got the feel for the place. And it was was such a good time. uh, That's very good for her. What is she going to study? Um, she wants to do something in the sciences and biology, but she's still on a, unsure a hundred percent. Sure. My son's about to graduate. He's still unsure. So it's all, <laughs> he's, <gasps> wow. he's like, he's like, I don't know. I said, do you want to get a master's degree? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I said, what, what do you want to do? He goes, I want to take a break. He's like, I'm tired of school. And I was like, yeah, well, oh, well, there you go. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but that's very exciting. Good for her. That's, that's super yeah. exciting. Uh, tell people nowadays what's Maya's A1C. Oh, so before we spoke to you three months ago, her A1C was 5.5. Mm. And about two weeks ago, she went, uh, we went to the doctor and her A1C went up a little bit. She's at 6.0. And we blame schoolwork <laughs> to this because <laughs> it's been very hard for her to to manage the stress that she's dealing with as a high school student, as a senior, there's lots of work and exams and she's doing the IB and it's uh, very draining. There's lots to study. And so um, it's been harder for her to manage as tightly as she was doing before. Okay. Well, that, that I think is, um, I think pretty common. Um, is she, is she managing it more by herself than she was in the past? Yes. Yes. So I've tried to let go of the reins a little bit just because I need to get her ready for college. And so, so that she becomes more independent. She's really good about bolusing, um, prior to her meal. So Mm -hmm. that is, that is a huge plus. She's really good about that. Um, counting carbs or predicting or estimating, how much is her meal is a little harder just because sometimes she'll forget, Oh, the fats. Oh, I need to add this for the protein. Yeah. And so that's where she makes her mistakes. And then that raises her numbers a bit. It's interesting. This is right where Arden is right now too. Like she's taking more and more of her, her care over. And she's having these like experiences like I did before, you know, where she's trying to figure out, you know, what is this meal going to do ahead of time? And, Get, getting it right sometimes and getting it wrong sometimes and missing things like fat and protein and, uh, you know, what day of the pump it is, that kind of stuff. I'm, I, I still, I'm doing my best to just slip in once in a while, you know, like I'll say like, I, I think maybe you should change your pod before you go out to dinner. She's like, Oh no, there's still 30 units. And I'm like, I, I know, but if you look at your blood sugar, your blood sugar over the last four or five hours, it's been drifting up and you've been bolusing more. It's a good indication that the site might be done. Um, and she, you know, a couple of times she's like, no, 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 it'll be fine. Then she comes home and she's like, I have to change my pot. And I was like, I, I know, <laughs> uh, you know, so um, it's watching her figure it out now, but it's going pretty, pretty well, actually. And it sounds like, I mean, listen, a six A1C for a 17 year old girl, uh, it's really good, you, you know, so she's getting it and so will uh so am i right yes yes i'm thrilled that she's so independent with it 
Um, so at school, she'll just change it. She's got her supplies at school. Um, and prior to this trip to visit the school that she's going to go to in the fall, um, she took all her supplies with her. She was ready. We had the, the doctor's letter indicating what she was taking with her. Cause when you travel with all of these items, they set alarms. They, they stand out because it's not your common. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's got yeah. the, the letter that's like, I have diabetes and this stuff is my equipment, all that stuff. She by herself, yes, she yes. by herself right now. She fly to the States on her own. No, no. She actually went with her dad. My husband took her. I couldn't go just because I have a friend visiting. So we had to divide and conquer gotcha. to different places. How many kids do yeah. you have? Uh, Amaya's our only daughter. Is there any other type one in your family? No. So Amaya's our only type one, but my mom has Hashimoto's mm-hmm. and uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. And her fur, oh, this is something I forgot to tell you about. Amaya was misdiagnosed with thyroid, and therefore, for her first five years, she took levothyroxine. How do you misdiagnose her with it? Well, the doctors just run these tests, and immediately they must have seen that the numbers were a little off with her thyroid, and so therefore... They gave her this medication and she had to take it daily until we went to the U.S. and we met this other endocrinologist. She did the blood work and immediately said, wait a minute, this is just wrong. Take this out. You are not going to take levothyroxine anymore. And um, and let's see what that's going to do to your system in about six months. And so we ran tests after that and she confirmed Amaya, in fact, does not have a thyroid issue. Hmm. Hold on a second. Let's pick through this. This is interesting. So do you remember the numbers back in Ecuador? Like what was the TSH that made her, made them think she needed the thyroid replacement hormone? Um, I believe probably um, if I'm correct, could it be three, four? I could be wrong though. In the three I or four. And then yeah. what is it now without the, without it? Uh, do they even look at it anymore? Yes, they do, but I don't have her latest That's results. Okay. So I would say to you this, um, that they'll call any number. There's a big wide range where they say it's in range. Um, I think that thoughtful endos will keep your TSH under about 2.1, right? They want it to be under there, but it's a lot about symptoms, so does she mm-hmm. have the symptoms? Does she have tiredness or weight gain, hair loss, problems with her nails, uh, constipation, uh, moodiness? Uh, does she get cold or hot? Like that kind of stuff. Well, now that you mentioned that, that is exactly what's happening right now. In the last two years, um, she's been feeling a lot of those symptoms that you described. Okay. And her endocrinologist on island hasn't given her any medication because her number, her range is one eight to two one, I believe. So it's very close. So I would say this, uh, um, very similarly, it's interesting. Um, very similarly to, to a lot of things about diabetes, the, you know, the, the range that, that they uh, quote unquote say is, is normal is not what's important. 
So with thyroid, it's symptoms. Like you should treat the symptoms and don't worry mm-hmm. about what the blood test says so much. Um, I, I think it's very possible that unlike diabetes, the way they do it on Ecuador about thyroid might be right. <laughs> the, the doctor might have got the thyroid piece right and the diabetes piece kind of wrong. So if she's having oh. if she's having those symptoms, that thyroid replacement hormone could take care of it in just a couple of weeks. She could feel better. Oh, okay. Isn't that interesting? So I should run those tests again. Then, I would read. There's a couple things you could do here. Hold on, I'm gonna look over at another okay. computer monitor for a second. So there's um, a whole series on thyroid that I just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, called Defining Thyroid. I would listen to those, and I would listen to episode... Hold on a second. You would think I'd be better at knowing my podcast than other people, but that's not the truth. Uh, episode 413, Thyroid Disease Explained, is a long, okay. thoughtful conversation with the woman who manages my family's th- thyroid problems. My wife, my son, my daughter. So... um okay. She's uh, not an outside-of-the-box thinker, because I don't like that term, but she's just more in tune with with managing a thyroid problem. So whereas uh, some doctors will say, oh, your TSH is three or four, that's in range, you're fine. Um, a doctor like Dr. Benito, who you'll find in episode 413, will tell you, I think her number's like 2.1 or something like that. Like she'll, me- she'll medicate over like 2.1 if there's symptoms. And my, both of my kids' thyroids are managed like right out to the ends of the earth and they, and they don't have trouble with them. And she even supplements their T3 a little bit, which is definitely more outside of the box thinking. But like, for instance, Arden's thyroid, if she just manages it with um, a, a T4 replacement, which could be levothyroxine or Arden uses tyrosine, there's a couple of different drugs. Um her thyroid numbers are great, but she's still very tired. But if you add a tiny bit of cytomel to Arden's regimen, which is T3, then the tiredness goes mm-hmm. away. So it's um, oh, wow. it's really, it's it. you got to find somebody who understands it. But I think, I think that you got good information the first time. And then you got to the states where they just said, oh, this is in range. She doesn't need this. But I think I think possibly you, yeah I think it's possible. Well, I mean, from what you're saying, but I definitely think it's worth looking into it if she's having the symptoms right now. Yes, now that you mentioned those symptoms, I will definitely call on our physician and see if we can get some blood work done. Um, just so that you know, in Ecuador, thyroid is the most common ailment. Really, everybody has it. Yes, one we live in altitude, so the altitude has a huge factor in it, and in addition to that. Um, there's our salt has less sodium Mm -hmm. than your regular salt. And therefore those may be causes. Yeah. Yeah, You need your iodine. So you you guys use a lot, you guys use a lot of sea salt on your foods, not, um, not regular table salt. Oh, isn't that interesting? You'll hear about that in the episodes too. We talk about that a lot. Um, yeah. So people, you you see, do you see more goiters? Don't be sorry. Do you see more goiters in Ecuador? Yeah, you probably do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. For sure. Isn't that crazy? For sure. And you know, as you and I have been talking this whole time, you you really helped me and you don't know why. I'm going to tell you in a second. 
Um, I I recorded this episode back in October. It's April now, so it's a while ago. With Mm -hmm. a with a boy, young boy, us type one who lives in Ecuador. And oh wow, yeah. And I kept thinking, my goodness, that episode should have been in my editing queue by now. Like, why have I not edited that show yet? And it was, I I looked while you were talking, and it's a simple. Um, just a, a file management problem. It, it got moved into a completed folder and it's not completed. So I just slid it back over. I may have never noticed that I didn't post it had you not said, I I grew up in Ecuador. So thank you so oh, much. Wow. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's a great story. The kids got crazy insulin. I don't want to ruin it for people because it'll be out before they hear yours. But um, it's, okay. it, it's a really great mm-hmm. story. Um, and you saved me from never putting it up. So thank you very much. (laughs) My pleasure. My pleasure. Well, I know now, for example, that you can get T-Slim in Ecuador. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is, that is, that's a major plus to any type one diabetic that is diagnosed. Yeah. The the availability. Oh my gosh. The availability of all this technology is just very important, you know, and the companies, they, they move it around the world. I guess as fast as they can, but there's so many different health systems and insurances and, but you know, the way things get paid for, it's just, it's incredibly difficult. There's plenty of people in all kinds of different countries that come on the show and, and do what you do, like have to leave the country to pick up supplies. It's, it's, it's pretty common actually, if people can afford it, they're doing it all the time. Yes. Yes. And so that's why Amaya was able to get the Dexcom. That's why we use the Dexcom before we even went to the pump. Mm-hmm. Because we knew for sure we were battling issues to get coverage for our Dexcom. Um, and so we knew that if we tried the pump, that that was going to even be a, a steeper hill to climb. And we knew that wasn't possible. And so the insurance company said to us, OK, what we'll do is we'll cover 50 percent of the Dexcom because it is a medical need. And then you guys can cover the rest. But we cannot cover your um, pump. Hmm, that's something. Well, yeah. We, now she's going to be on your insurance for a while, obviously. Yeah, with school yes. and everything else. Okay, but at least she'll have better access when she's in the states, right? Yes. Well, as soon as we moved and we took this post, this job in Cayman Islands, um, we were assured that the insurance company would cover Amaya's, Amaya's needs, and so. We got the pump uh, four months after we arrived. Hmm. Okay, pretty quickly then. So it hasn't been the same issue. She has the Omnipod. Yeah, it hasn't been the same issue there as it was prior. Gotcha. No, 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 no. Actually, all and it's been wonderful. Yeah, the three girls that were on together, including your daughter, were they all using the same pumps or no? They are. Yes, they all use the Omnipod. They all use Dexcom. The only difference is that one of them is looping. Mm-hmm. The other one was looping, but something happened to the Riley link and therefore she stopped looping and now she's back to regular pumping. Uh, regular pumping. Gotcha. Boy, it's something. I, I just, it's, it's for people who don't know, it's these three girls that are friends. They're not even particular. They're not even exactly similarly aged. They all met through, you know, through having diabetes and living on Cayman Island like that. And, uh, you know, Maya was one of the three girls. They were just really delightful. Um, that's excellent. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. 
Well, yes, uh, yes. Uh, what else have we, uh, what, what have we not covered that you want to talk about? I want to make sure we're getting at everything. Oh, thank you. So may I talk about um, teaching a type one student? Yeah, please. Okay. So in, when Amaya was first diagnosed, I, I had never had the experience of having a type one student. Amaya was diagnosed in May. And then in September, was, as we started school, I got my first type one diabetic student. She was from Brazil and uh, she came with no technology tools. Mom was a complete wreck. If I thought I was a mess, because I thought I was a mess, this mother was by far messier than I was completely. She came to school every day with her daughter's lunch. She, she waited at the school. She was, she was making sure that she had her insulin. I mean, this poor woman lived the entire school year on campus. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this, this student that I had, she was very shy, very quiet. She didn't want to engage much with, with her peers. And on top of it, she had had such a horrible diagnosis in Brazil that it made her not want to share her diabetes with anybody other than just let me know how she was feeling. So it was very hard. Okay. Wow. And as I tried to train the next year's teacher that she would have because she was going up another grade, um, the family heard that they were getting transferred. So she left. And so the summer comes, we start back up in September again, and I hear that I'm going to have another type two student. And so I get my students. She had a little bit more knowledge about type one. Mother was very supportive, was diagnosed at the same age as Amaya, um, but she didn't have any technology either. And she managed with the same, more or less the same formulas that I was seeing and that I had been using with Amaya. Mm -hmm. The same story. We finish the school year and this child leaves the school and the summer comes. And then again, in September, I get my third type one student. This was three, three three years in a row, row. right? Right. Three years in a row. So I was, I was looking at this and saying, thinking to myself, what, what's happening here? I'm not an experienced mother as a type of a type one. But yet I'm getting all of these students and I'm trying to learn from them and and get the best experience that I could from them. Now, my third student came from the U.S., was a mom from from Boston. She was doing some anthropological studies in in Ecuador. And he came with a pump with the Dexcom. It was the first time that I had seen the little red book of... um, the American Association of Diabetes, the one that has the carb count on it. Mm -hmm. It was the first time I had seen that little book. I had never seen it before. And his pump was wired. So I'm assuming it must have not been the Omnipod. Right. So um, we had, it was with this particular student was my first time that I had, um, that I had used the glucagon. I had never used the glucagon before, nor do nor did I know how to use it. But mom, when she uh, came in at the beginning of the school year to let me know about her son, she taught me how to use it. And that was my first time with it. And I had never seen it before. 
You didn't need to and use so, it for the student, though? I beg your pardon? Did you have to use it for the student, or you you were just trained on it? I was trained on it, and um, a few months later, I believe it was after Christmas, um, my student had an episode, and so I had to give him glucagon. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Was that a pretty, so do you know, that to me was a shock. Yeah. Was that a common thing for that boy, or do you not know? Um, I believe it wasn't common because he had, we had had, um, a sports morning. And so he had done a lot of sports, I believe. And so probably he hadn't eaten what he was supposed to and his blood sugar just went low. Got low. Wow. Was that scary? Super scary. I had never experienced it before. In the meantime, I had my students wait outside for me while I was taking care of this particular student. I had some of the some of my colleagues also there with me. They were all giving me all sorts of positive energy. Paula, you can do it. If you can do it, you can do it. You know, it was just like, oh my God. Uh, but I wasn't 100% sure because I'd never administered sure. glucagon before. Sure. And at this point, yes. at this point, Maya has type one? Yes, yeah. um, I already had type one. Right. So yeah. you're probably like, great, is this going to happen to her? Uh, you know, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So exactly. So are these three kids in a row, did you learn something new from each one of them? Yes, I did. So I took on about little bits and pieces from their management and I tried to tweak that with, with uh, Amaya. That's but then I would share that information with the physicians and they would bring it down again. So it got to a point where I stopped sharing, but I was, I was doing a little bit of the, of the things that I would learn from these three students. Hmm. Although the two first ones were managing exactly the same way as I was. Okay. Okay. It was just my American student that managed it completely different because he had the pump. Yeah. Had, had more knowledge and, and more technology. Um, yes. and then, okay. Yes. Did you ever figure out why they kept leaving? Were you driving them away or was that just happenstance? <laughs> <laughs> I know you may think it's, it, it's that way, but no, um, all of these families, because it's an American international school, they, they get transferred quite yeah, often They come and go. And so they all left. And this, the, my last student, they, they were actually supposed to be in Ecuador for two years, but the mom was able to get all the data that she needed for her research. So they left. Okay. Now the fourth year, was there another kid or did it stop there? No, no, no. That was it. That was, that it. was it. And so currently I have a type one, uh, student. She is, she was diagnosed in first grade, like Amaya in May. Um, and she's, on the Dexcom and the Omnipod, lived in the U.S., was diagnosed in the U.S., and then they moved to Cayman Islands for her to start grade one. Mm -hmm. And when she came, no, I'm sorry, grade two. And um, the second grade teacher did not get involved at all with her management. She did not uh, follow her in the Dexcom, nothing. And so mom was a little worried about her schooling primarily because she had had a, um, a very negative um, conversation with the school's nurse. And so that didn't go very well for her. So she was hesitant to allow the nurse to manage her daughter. Right. And so that was, that was very difficult. So she would come to the school to, 
change her pods to administer any other insulin or any other food that she needed. The teacher wasn't engaged at all with her management. And so when, when, um, when it came to her being in my classroom, mom asked specifically that she be placed in my class. And so um, before school started, I, I've been following her on the Dexcom. So I follow Amaya and my students. And all of a sudden, I've got alarms beeping, her alarms, Amaya's alarms. I've got cases for low blood sugars in, in the classroom. I make sure that my students has a possibility to engage in every single activity that I do in the classroom. She, if we're going to have snacks, I make sure that she boluses for the snack prior to having her snack. If we're going to have a celebration, it's exactly the same way. I've never put her on the side. She's made short videos about um, her diabetes and tried to teach peers about it. It is lovely to see how the students are so aware of her needs. When they hear an alarm, they immediately come and ask me, Ms. Paola, was that Amaya or is that Emily? And so they are aware of her alarms. They, they know how she feels. Yeah. If they see her laying down a little too much or, or babbling, or sometimes she'll start sweating, then they'll let me know, Ms. Paola, I don't think Emily feels okay. Hmm. And so immediately I'll go over, I'll check on her. We've done um, uh, meter checks in the classroom. We've done uh, pot changes in the classroom. Uh, anything that she needs and, and to help her feel as comfortable as she possibly can as another student. Right. Not as a type one student, but just as another student. Yeah. Is it, is it common that if everything's sort of out the open and comfortable for all, that all the kids are comfortable with it? Yes. Well, so, so that I, I, as a mom who is going to monitor Amaya, I've always told my students, you're going to hear these alarms. This is what this means. Um, I teach the students, I give them many workshops on what the type one is. And so they're aware, they're more informed. And so when I had Emily, I did the same thing with the with her peers. And so she's she's feeling super at ease in the classroom. She feels comfortable. If she's hungry, she'll just get her snacks, we bolus. Sometimes it's wonderful. I can I could see her numbers really going on a, on a relatively straight line. And I'll tell her before lunch, don't bolus until we're in the cafeteria and then you bolus. Um, so the kids are hearing all of this vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And so they're wondering, what is that? You know, and right. they ask questions. How, how old right now, the, the, your current student, how old are those kids? They're in grade three. Three. Okay. That's excellent. I'm, I'm super excited that you're doing that. You're spreading your awareness around and helping and, and learning at the same time and, and just, you know, absolutely treating people like people and, and not like problems or illnesses. It's just a, it's a wonderful way to think about it. And, and you can see that if you didn't have the experience you had, you very well may not know to do any of that. Just like, you know, you, you spoke about with a student where the teacher they had last time, they were like, look, not, you know, 
this one's not really engaging. This teacher doesn't engage with her on on about diabetes at all. It's really wonderful. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So her mom um, is is super. I we chat all the time. I let her know. You know what? We had a birthday. I'm going to, we're going to have this snack. I'm going to bolus this much so that she knows. So a mom is, mom is constantly informed of whatever changes I've made, Mm -hmm. whatever boluses I've done, corrections I've made. And even when I've given her a juice, if there is a need. Now, um, I do that all the time with her. Now that we're getting to the end of the school year, mom is a little concerned about what's going to happen in grade four. You know, I don't know if she wants me to continue continue following her on Dexcom. I would be more than happy to do it, but I don't want to interfere with whatever is happening in that classroom as well. So I want to make sure that the teacher is well informed, not that she would be able to bolus because just I was talking to two of the grade four teachers and they both said, you know what, I would prefer if it stayed in your hands. I don't want to have anything to do with it. You know, because they don't feel comfortable managing the PDM and inputting all of this data in if necessary. So some uh, of them feel comfortable. Others don't feel as comfortable. Right. And then that's just what happens. Right. It's the luck of the draw. You get a teacher who's like, I'll give it a try. Or you might get a teacher who's like, please, I don't want to be involved in this. And however that is, is does the school not know who's who with who the teachers are? Like, couldn't you put the student with somebody who might be more amenable to learning? Yes, yes, I believe so. So that that meeting should come in early June where we gather as teachers and we put specific students in specific classrooms, just one out of a request of a parent or a health need. And in this case, um, my students will have a health need. Therefore, she needs to be placed in, in a good classroom nice. with That's a teacher excellent. that is going to be willing to make the changes that, that she would need, you know, make yeah. adjustments. Right. That's excellent. Uh, yeah. Well, Pale, I yeah. thank you a lot. I have a couple of recordings today, so I have to bug out no so problem. that I can get to my next one on time. Um, but I want to make sure that we're that we're you feel comfortable about what we did today. Yes. Thank Good. you so much, Good. Scott. I really appreciate it. I wanted to 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 talk to you to share my experience as well as what teachers can do in the future for when you get a type one student. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's so common so common nowadays um, that if you get one or two that that know how to how to manage it gosh what a what an what a comfort it is for a family to know that there's there's somebody that can help well i think overarchingly your through your conversation what i took from it was to be open-minded because you ran into a number of people who weren't and it, it stifled your daughter's care for years, really. And then yes. then you, you know, you were open-minded, but they weren't, and that blocked you. Uh, and then you get, you know, you get later on in the, in your story and you find out that there are teachers who are, some of them are, again, more open-minded to being involved in something that they're not comfortable with. And, and some aren't. Some are, some aren't. And even how thoughtfully you were taking from other people, like sort of paying attention to like, well, this student's doing this thing. We don't do that. Let me examine that. Is that something that we could maybe integrate into our lives and, and make our situation better and then giving back to them. It's just, it's communication, open-mindedness, call it whatever you want. That's what I took from your conversation. So thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. No, thank you, Scott. I really appreciate it. 
I hope that more families in Ecuador hear the podcast. I have been suggesting it to a few that I know that um, are families with type one so mm -hmm. that they also listen to you and learn from you. I hope everyone learns how to balance the insulin that they need against the carbs that they're taking in and um, and learns how to, to I, don't know, I was going to say fight back, but advocate for yourself when you notice something happening in your life or your health that just doesn't make sense to you, but somebody in a position of power is telling you it's okay. Uh, it's it's very important to continue to question that um, and, and, to, and to try to get your own answers. So... Excellent. Yes, I believe so. I believe it. I, I, I'm an advocate for that because otherwise, then we can't all learn. We can't all make changes to better our health. And mm -hmm. it's the health of our kids that is at stake if we don't learn and don't question. You don't want your life to be stuck in the spot where somebody else randomly puts it because of their lack of understanding. So correct. Yeah, go get it. That for is yourself. absolutely correct. Excellent. All right. Hold on one second. Yeah, of course. I can okay. turn the recording back on. You, you Go ahead. We were saying goodbye, and you said you wished we were recording. So what, what did you want to say? I just wanted to say that your podcast has been our lifesaver. I have learned so much from the stories of different moms and dads dealing with this condition and making the changes and questioning physicians, and at the same time, learning about all of those pro tips, the the ideas that are behind a better care are so important for every single family to, to take into that, to make those changes, to, to make sure that we provide the better health for ourselves. And you do it so naturally and so well, Scott. So oh. thank you from the bottom of my heart. Well, thank you for telling me that to turn the recording back on because I did not want to miss that. And you're very welcome. Um, I, I genuinely appreciate the, the kind words. And I hope that other people um, find similar outcomes listening to the podcast. So, I mean, you guys are doing terrific. It's, it's really, it's inspiring. So well done for you. Seriously. I, I mean, thank I can, you so much. Of course I can say it as much as I want. It doesn't mean everybody hears it and puts it into practice. So um, it's very, very exciting. Okay. Now we'll stop again. I mean, if, unless you're going to say something else nice about me, then I'll let this go a little longer, but <laughs> we're done. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> I want to thank my guest for coming on today and sharing her story. And of course, I'd like to thank InPen from Medtronic Diabetes and remind you to go to InPenToday.com to get the insulin pen that does more. And of course, Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6. They'd like you to come over and see if you're eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6 at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. And if you don't need the trial, you just want to get going, you can do that at my link as well. Links in the show notes of your podcast player and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Dexcom, InPen, and all the sponsors. When you support the sponsors, you're supporting the production of the show. And for that, I thank you, among other things. There are a lot of series within the podcast that people listen to. They're kind of standalone items. And I've put them all in one place. You can find them at juiceboxpodcast.com. At the top of the page, you'll see uh, home, episodes, other stuff, right? But then you'll see After Dark, Ask Scott and Jenny, Algorithm Pumping, Bold Beginnings, Defining Diabetes, Defining Thyroid, Diabetes Pro Tip, Diabetes Variables, Mental Wellness. They're all there. If I see you guys using the links and enjoying them, I actually have a couple more things I'll put up there for you.
So if you're in a browser, they're at the top of the page. If you're on your phone, you have to hit the three lines that means menu, and then it'll drop down and show it to you. So I'm just going to click on one to give you an idea. I'm going to click on uh, bold beginnings. Takes you to a page. says, if you were just diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, the bold beginnings series, and you blah, blah, blah. And it lists all the episodes, honeymooning, adult diagnosis, long-acting, insulin school. There's a ton of them there. I'm not going to read them all to you. Right there, there's an online player. You can list the, all the episodes there. Or you can launch links to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart Podcast, Amazon Music. You can, of course, go to your own podcast app and search for Bold Beginnings Juicebox Podcast there. You scroll down a little more and you'll see links to Defining Diabetes, the Thyroid Series, Algorithm Pumping, Diabetes Variables, S on and on. They're all right there. Just watch. Here's the After Dark. I click on that. Now I'm on a different page for After Dark. It's amazing how the internet works. You know, the internet. It's magical. Anyway, you can find all of these in the podcast player you're listening in right now, but I wanted to make them accessible and shareable on the website. And that I have done. And now I've told you about it. And because of all this and that and the other thing, I'm now finished. I'm dizzy. I've done five of these tonight. I, got, I hope you guys have a good weekend. I'm, I'm going to go to sleep.